He said, I understand that you are sad. 
It's the right thing to do for me to go. It's expedient for you that I go away. I want to preach to you for a little while this morning on this Resurrection Sunday that I must go. I must go. Would you lift up your hands and praise our risen Savior today? Oh, Lord God of heaven, we worship the holy and exalted name of Jesus today. Lord, you shed your blood. You died on the cross. You raised yourself up from that tomb so that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Lord, we give you praise and thanks for what you've done. But God, we remain expecting this morning for what you have yet to do. Lord, fill somebody's soul today. Change somebody's life today. Transform somebody by the power of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of the Lord. Anybody here ever had some place they just had to go? Nope, nobody. Nope, nobody's ever had anywhere they just had to go. There's some folks going to Disney World here pretty soon, I think. Go on a vacation somewhere else. I mean, there are signs that you feel like you just got to go somewhere. Right? You've been on the job for a while. You've been burned out for a while. You look at somebody and say, I just got to go. Maybe you're on the job sometime. You've not had all you can stand for the day. And you look at your co-worker and say, I've got to go. I've got to get out of here. Maybe you're staying home while you're looking around at those children you burned. One of us is, has got to go. But, but I'm not talking about just all the places that, that you want to go. Places on your proverbial bucket list, as it's kind of cliche to say nowadays, but but all those places that you feel like you have to go. I know technically we all have a choice in everything that we do, but, but there's a lot of places we go in life that we go more so because we feel like we have to because than what we than what we want to. You know, you feel like you have to get up and go to work in the morning. I know maybe there's two or three of you that love your job so much you're just ripping the board to get out of bed, but most of you go because you feel like you have to because eventually the mortgage is going to do and if you don't go, they're not paying. So you feel like you have to go to work. And I, I know that all of you, those under the age of 18 or so, feel like you have to get up and go to school. Because you ain't old enough really to recognize how desperately you need it. So if mom and dad didn't make you go, you wouldn't go. You'd stay home watching TV. You go because you feel like you have to go to school. You have to be there when, when the bell rings or else you're going to be in trouble. Maybe sometimes you feel like you have to go to Grandma's for Sunday dinner because you're going to be at Grandma's doghouse if you don't go. You really don't want to go. You really don't want to eat what she's cooking that day, but Grandma said come, so you're going. You have to go to the grocery store to pick up the groceries because there's none left in your house. You've got to go to the bank to get the check put in there because it's before the days of direct deposit, and if you don't get it in there, the, the rent's going to bounce. It's just, there's places that you feel like you must go. Everything else has to stop. Everything 
it because you feel like you must go. Lord Jesus told a story one time, Luke chapter 14. He told a story not, not of him necessarily, although it certainly has implications to, to, to come to the church. But Luke chapter 14 verse 16 says, Did he say unto them, A certain man made a great supper and made many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for now all things are now ready. And they all of one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground. And I must need to go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I go prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife. And read the lines between there all you want. And therefore I cannot come. Every one of them had an appointment, every one of them had received an invitation to be at this supper, but, but each and every one of them had somewhere else that they just had to go. The man had made a great dinner, but everybody he invited had somewhere else that, that they had to be. I'm glad you came to church this morning. I'm thankful that when it came to decision time as to where you were going to spend this Sunday morning, you chose that you had to get up and come to the house of God. That's what it takes. I'm glad today that somebody decided, I've got to be in church this morning. Now, the followers of the Lord in the New Testament, they got pretty good at going where they were supposed to go. They, they have got pretty good at following Jesus. They knew there were times where Jesus would look at it and say, well, we just, we got to go over here, so that's where we're going. John 4 and 4 says, He left Judea, departed again to Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. They had no idea why he wanted to go that way. I can promise you they didn't want to go that way, because none of them liked going to Samaria or through Samaria for anything. It was just Samaria that day. It didn't matter how much longer the, 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 the journey was going to take, you went around Samaria. But the Lord said, We got to go. We, we've got to go that way. And, and you can read the verses later if you don't know them. I know some of you do. In just a little while, we figure out why he had to go that way. Because he'd have an encounter with a woman at a well that needed to know who he was. And in just a handful of verses, verse 25 says, The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he has come, he'll tell us all things. But then Jesus said unto her, I would speak unto thee and he. He said, I've got to go to Samaria because it's only today that she's going to be at that well. It's today she's looking for a Savior. It's today that I'm going to open up her eyes and let her see what she's never seen before. That's right, amen. Now we understand that. We understand why he just had to go there. But Jesus was going to make it tougher on all of them. I mean, you know, that, that, that was a hard enough pill to swallow. we got to go this way. We really don't want to go that way. Have y'all been there before? Y'all ridden with somebody else, like Brother Art, that has shortcuts everywhere on God's green earth. And, and you get going down one of those shortcuts, and you're thinking, you go this way. Now, some of you are married folks like that, too. And you just, just keep it quiet. Don't yourself in trouble here on Easter morning. But... There's been times you've gone places you thought, I don't want to go this way. They didn't want to go that way at all. I mean, it was just against the grain of how they thought, how they felt. But nonetheless, 
was all right. They saw the, the good meaning that the Lord had behind all of it. But then he began to lay it on even thicker. Matthew chapter 16 verse 21 says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem. And suffer many things to the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. And that's what we're here to celebrate, right? But I'm going to tell you, there wasn't no celebration going on with when Jesus got to talking about it. And all this time, they've been rolling all around Judea and uh -oh. doing all this preaching and teaching and miracle working and all that stuff. But when the circumstances were at their absolute worst for him to go to Jerusalem. I mean, this is like being a Russian spy and you're going to take the White House tour. I mean, everybody's looking for you. Everybody's trying to find you. Everybody's trying to lock your head off your shoulders. And he says, all right, gentlemen, we're going to Jerusalem. We're going where? We're not, it's not time for that. We need to wait till things cool down. We need to wait till the coast is clear. We don't need to go that way. But then he adds on in there just in case they're wondering why. He said, I'm going because I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be convicted. And I'm going to be crucified. Here's the response. Peter was always a spokesperson. But he wasn't always the only one thinking this. Then Peter took him began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. We can just go somewhere else. We can just go to another town. We can just go to another city. We can get the following bigger. We can get so many people behind us. By the time we get to Jerusalem, they're just going to lock themselves in their houses, and they ain't going to mess with us anymore. They turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. That's Steve, folks. That's where it came from. This was not a pat on the back. This was not a attaboy. This was, you, just you are that. a foolish man. Get the, you have said the absolute worst thing that you could have possibly said to me right now. It's so bad, I'm just going to call you the devil to make sure that I get your attention. I can't. Peter didn't understand it then. He didn't understand why Jesus had to go there. But Jesus filled in the blanks like he always did. Verse 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, He told all of them, not just Peter, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Not only am I getting the cross, gentlemen, but you brothers are going to have one too. Who's signing up for that trip? Who's getting in the back seat of that car? None of them wanted to go to Jerusalem. None of them wanted to walk down this path. None of this stuff made any sense to them at all. We know they didn't understand it. You can see it in Scripture. They didn't get it at all. But they at least tried. They, they stopped trying to stop it. They realized his mind was made up and, and they were going and they were just going to have to deal with whatever happened when they got there. At least they deferred and decided to follow Jesus. Because Jesus said, it's a must. It's not a want. It's not an option. It, it, 
It's not a choice that we're going to make. We must go to Jerusalem. There's times in your life God's going to direct you to do things and go places that aren't going to make any sense. They're not going to add up. It, it, it don't make any sense at all. Why in the world would you go down to an altar and bury your head in some carpet and go up there and cry and tell God all the wrong that you've done? Because God chose that way for us to be saved. Why would you go to some building packed full of a whole bunch of people in the midst of a pandemic just to listen to some man yell and scream behind the pulpit? Because God chose that way for us to be saved.
Dude, that's my hair. Where I go, hush. We know the end of the story. We know what he did. We know that he, he died on the cross. We know that he went down to the valley of the earth and he conquered death and hell and the grave. And, and we know that he rose again. Not only did he just raise himself up again, but he walked among his disciples again. They saw, they felt the nail prints in his hands. They sat by the fire and ate dinner with him. Case closed. Jesus wins. Case closed. We've got salvation forevermore. It is finished, he said. The price has been paid. We have hope in life eternal. We just have faith in Jesus Christ. But he said, none of y'all asked me where I was going. Nobody asked what the final destination was. And that is the place that he says, I must go. I must go there. You don't even know where it is, and you've not even asked. But brothers, I've got to go there. I must go there. And he says, I read it again, John 16 and 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. I thought he already left. I mean, for three days, we sat huddled behind locked doors, not knowing what we were going to do anymore. We didn't know how we were going to live. We didn't know how we were going to show our faces in town anymore because we put all of our, our eggs in this basket. We put all, all of our dollars in this bank account, and now it's over. He's gone. He's dead. I, I, I don't know about this whole three-day thing. It's the morning of the three days, and, and I haven't heard nothing. And even when somebody shows up and says, the Lord's not there. The stone's been rolled away. He's still in belief. That's what we're dealing with. Seems to me like he already went away and then came back. They're living the good life again. Forty days in the presence of Jesus, different ones of them having interactions with him and having conversations. This is the way it's supposed to be. He's conquered death. He's conquered hell. He's conquered the grave. Now he's going to set up his kingdom. Now he's really going to set things straight. I know we didn't understand it for a while. I knew we were thick-headed for a while. But we finally seen the light. He's overcome the grave. And now everything is going to be all right. And then the Lord shows up and says, I'm still leaving. Why are you going to leave? You paid the price. You shed that righteous blood. The sacrifice has been paid. You said it yourself. It's over. It's done. It's done with. We now have hope in you. Why are you going to go? Well, by the way, where are you going? He said, if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. We saw him take his last breath. We just watched him die in agony. We just watched him show back up three days later and hang out with us for a few weeks. So he went where he was going. But now, we'll have to deal with him again. Now we're going to have to go through it again. Remember, he said, hey, you don't really know where I'm going. Death and hell and the grave were not his final destination. 
you come to an altar of repentance and you tell the Lord you're sorry for your sins and you make up your mind, I'm not going to live that way anymore and I'm not going to be that man or that woman anymore. God's not done with you. He's just getting started. God's not finished with your life when He washed your sins away. He's got something greater in store for you that you never even had the ability to imagine before. He said, if you've not asked me yet where I'm going, it's about time somebody come to an altar today and say, Lord, where do you want to take me? God, what do you want to do with my life? He said, you don't really know where I'm going. But I gotta go there. Because there's something that I have prepared for you. And I must go away. Or else you can't have it. If I don't go to my final destination, you are not going to get the fullness and the beauty and the greatness of what I have prepared for you. I understand for thousands of years the Lord had a sacrificial system that on that day at Calvary and all came to an end. And it wasn't going to be about shed blood anymore. It wasn't going to be about a high priest walking into a place hoping that God would push some sins back for another year anymore. He said in one place, he said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God has got something more powerful and more unimaginable in store for your life than just coming to a church on a Sunday morning and playing the prayer at an altar. He wants to give you something he died to give you. And he said, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, if I go, if you let me go, I'm going to send him unto you. And here's how good it gets. He says that when he has come, he'll approve the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Here's why he has to go. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. You see, there's some things. God's called me to preach the gospel. God's called me to teach the word of God. There's some things I don't teach to unbelievers. Something I'm going to tell you about, I'll tell you about it, but I know going into it, you ain't going to get it. I know they're not going to understand it. Because there's some things about God that don't make sense to somebody that don't have His Spirit on the inside. You can read it 15,000 times. You can read 28,000 books about it, and you still won't get it. Because the Bible says that the things of God, they're only known by the Spirit. It's not that you can't memorize it. It's not that you can't learn something from it. It's not that you can't be a better and a moral man by reading it. But there are some things in the Word of God that are never going to make any sense. Unless you get what the Lord's talking about. He said, there's all kinds of stuff I want to tell you about, but I can't tell you right now because you can't bear it. But in the next verse, he says, how be it? When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he'll show you things to come. 
he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath of mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you a little while. And you shall not see me. And again a little while. And you shall see me. Because I go to my now, if this sounds a little bit confusing, don't feel bad. You're in bad company because you can read on in your good company. Because the next few verses say that the disciples didn't get it. They were looking around. Finally, because the Lord did this many times, he knew their thoughts. And he just went on and answered the question didn't make them embarrass themselves. You mean to tell me in a little while I'm not going to see? But after a little while, you shall see me. Some of you folks know what God's done in your life. But not just what God has done in your life then. But the Bible teaches us that our eyes have not seen and our ears have not heard the things that God has prepared for them. Who are the them? There are those that understood what he was talking about. He said, I've got to go away because I've got something I'm going to send to you. I've got something that's going to come down into your life. It's going to cause the soul that's inside of you to break the bonds of earth one of these days. Paul said, if I had hope for this life only, I'd be of all men most miserable. Why do you say that? Because there was something on the inside of Paul that said, one day when I draw my last breath, I'm going to see more than Galilee. I'm going to see more than Jerusalem. I'm going to see more than Samaria. Because God put something inside me that's from another world. It's from another place. Amen. I've often wondered what he looked like. I've often wondered what he sounded like. I've often wondered what it must have been like. To be in his presence, to watch the fishes and loaves get multiplied, to watch the dead raised, to watch the blinded eyes open right there in front of me. I wonder at times what it's like, and I'll never know it down here because he's already been dead and rose again and ascended into the heavens. But he said, in just a little while, you're not going to see me. But brothers, hold tight. Because in a little while after that, you're going to see me again. How are you going to see me again? Because you didn't ask me where I was going. Oh, come on, somebody. You went to a place that before he came, you and I could never go. The Bible says, flesh and blood cannot enter heaven. But when he died on that cross and he raised himself up out of that grave, he tore a curtain in half, he slid the door open wide. Because one day, we can trust in him, we can be with him.
next stop. If they believed the prophecies, they would have known that he came to the Gentiles too. Oh Lord, I know we get all this comfortable, we get all that comfortable with this, but it's all right, you got through us before. Let's go on the road. We get that shiny throne to see what you're sitting on. Okay, you sure would look nice sitting right now. Where are we going? What's next? Well, the Lord said, remember I told you, hey, stay. Where are you going? Book of Acts, chapter 1. The Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell us all that Jesus did. His life, his death, his burial, even his resurrection. But one of the writers of those four Gospels, the Apostle Luke, also wrote this book. Verse 1 says, the former treatise, the former book, the Gospel of Luke, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's what we've been talking about. That's what we're here on Easter morning to celebrate. But in verse 4, he says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, All this time they've been with Jesus. He was always going somewhere. Even when he tried to take a vacation, we're going to go and rest up in the mountains for a little bit. People showed up, and if people showed up, the Lord was going to preach. If the sick showed up, the Lord was going to heal. If the hungry showed up, the Lord was going to feed them. Because that's just the kind of God that he is. Amen. Now Jesus says, don't go anywhere. We've already plotted out the finances. We've got the architect working on the building plans. We've got the airplane tickets booked. Anybody ever been there with God before? God, I got everything all laid out. It was nice and pretty. And he said, just, just stay put. Well, I want to stay put. I want to start that ministry. I want to go do that thing. I, I, want, I told you to stay put. He said, don't go anywhere. But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. He said, I told you, I'm going to tell you. So that when I tell you later, you remember I told you. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Why the Lord come back anyway? He'd already shed his blood. He'd already resurrected himself. It didn't take him just a couple of minutes to get a handful of witnesses that he was still alive as well. Why are you hanging around anyway? Jesus has to remind them about something. This 
never even bothered to ask me where I was going. But I've still got to go. Because if I don't go, you're never going to see me again. If I don't go, you're never going to have power over your flesh. If I don't go, you're never going to have that wonderful thing that the Father's been hiding for generations upon generations. But now I've come to tell you all about it. He said to stay put for a little while. Because something's coming out, something that I promised to you, that as soon as I get out of the way, as soon as I move off the scene, it's going to come. When they four were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, what about this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? This is one of those moments that any of us in our part of sanctified as Jesus is. What a look at them and said, hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. What is wrong with you, son? Why can't you? How many times have I got to tell you? Are you going to, at this time, restore the kingdom of Israel? No, I'm not going to do it now because I just told you I believe in it. He said unto them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what's amazing about the ones he decided to mention here? They were countries. They didn't have any idea why he wanted to go to Samaria. They thought he'd, he'd fallen out of his rocker when he said he wanted to go to Jerusalem. They didn't understand it at all. But he said, you're about to get something inside of you that will make you understand why I will. He said, because you shall be witnesses unto me in all those places and unto the utmost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, He men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up to heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. It's like they said this. Do you remember what he told you? He told you I've got to go away. And you're not going to see me anymore. But in just a little while, you're going to see me again. I've come to tell somebody today, if you'll give your life to God and go to the Lord. If you'll the Holy Ghost in this house today, I can feel you with something that in just a little while you're going to see it just like they did. Your eyes are going to the holy space. Your hands are going to touch the jail prints. You're going to be in his presence in just a little while. Colossians 1 27, I wish you stand. Oh, my. What happened? 
to whom God would make known. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? The mystery wasn't the shed blood. They've been doing that for generations. The mystery wasn't who he was because he told them. Is that it? So he said he didn't ask me where I was going. Here's the mystery. Christ in you. The hope of glory. What does that mean? I can't see it right now. But it's inside of me. I can't touch it with my hands right now. But I can touch it with my spirit. But in just a little while, I've got some hope and glory. It's right there.